Amalekim, we're exploring the Sikha Chelek Yudzayim, Volume 17, Pirkei Avais, Pedic Dalit, Chapter 4. The Mishnah says, Ben Zoma teaches. Haviratz la mitzvah kalo, run to do even a light mitzvah. Uberech min haveda, and run away from sin. She mitzvah gereres mitzvah, because one mitzvah brings another. Haveda gereres avera, and a sin brings another. She schar mitzvah mitzvah, the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Uschar aveda aveda, the reward of an avera of a sin is a sin. That's the Mishnah. I'm going to bring it up on the screen in a second, but first of all, to elaborate on the meaning, you know, let's bring it up. So we have it in front of us. We're focusing right now on the actual Mishnah, Perke Avos, Ben Azai, Ben Azai taught, as we just said. So first of all, run, just to explore the Mishnah in a simple sense, run for a light mitzvah. What does it mean a light mitzvah? Less important mitzvah. Well, is there such a thing as a light mitzvah? So there's a Mishnah elsewhere in Pirkei Avos, I believe chapter 2, Mishnah 1, that says you should be careful and strict with a light mitzvah just like a strong mitzvah. That Mishnah in and of itself is a contradiction, seemingly. You're saying that there's something called a light mitzvah, like less important and more important. And then you're saying you should be careful with both equally. Um, and the explanation is, and it's related to the sicha, which is why I'm bringing it in, that mitzvahs have two aspects. There's the general aspect of all mitzvahs. You're doing the will of Hashem. And on that level, there's no difference between one mitzvah and the other. You're standing in front of a king. He can ask you a nuclear secrets, or he can ask you for a glass of water. Um, you're beheaded equally for disobeying because you're talking about the idea. And uh, in the positive sense, you're connected to the king equally by either one because uh, when it comes to, to that connection, that general connection to Hashem, to the king, it's on par, it doesn't make a difference. However, when it comes to the specifics of the mitzvahs, clearly there are mitzvahs the Torah deems lighter and heavier. And we see it from the punishment, from the, you know, if someone says, uh, I have a choice to save my life to eat on Yom Kippur or to have to eat something non-kosher, Yom Kippur is considered stronger, more strict. So therefore, there is light and heavy. But again, light and heavy is only in the specifics of the mitzvahs. Every mitzvah has a specific energy that it draws down. For example, the 613 mitzvahs correspond to 613 body parts and veins and arteries, and each mitzvah elevates and refines a different part of the person, a different part of the world. And therefore, some mitzvahs are more pivotal. You know, Yom Kippur is cutting off of the soul. It means it's a general connection, whereas other mitzvahs are certain parts and not as pivotal, etc. So on that level, we can equivocate. We can say, well, this is a light mitzvah. This is a heavy mitzvah. This mitzvah draws down uh, the light of kindness. This draws down the light of gevura. This draws down Hashem's energy and, um, into your mind, into your heart, into your into your uh, emotions, and that is specific for each mitzvah individually. When it comes to, to the general concept, every mitzvah is your essential connection of commitment to Hashem, like a servant to a master, and there there are no differences. Comes along Ben Azai in our mission and says. You should run, you should do with diligence, a light mitzvah, uh, we, uh, even if it's a light mitzvah. And the Rebbe points out clearly, he's not just saying that you have to do every mitzvah, even if it's one that's deemed light and less stringent. That's obvious. That wouldn't be Pirkei Avos. Because Pirkei Avos means it's beyond the letter of the law. It's a way of piety. Pirkei Avos is not the code of Jewish law. 
So everything that's in Perkayavos, it means that it's beyond the law. You want to know what to do. You want to be pious. The language is someone wants to be a chassid. You want to be pious. You should follow the Perkayavos. It's called Milsa, the Chassidusa in Aramaic. It's uh, paths of the pious. So he doesn't mean that you should do a mitzvah that's light. You should run for a mitzvah that's light, meaning even a light mitzvah should be something that you do with diligence, with alacrity, with joy, which shows that you love the mitzvah, you love Hashem, etc. That's what he's teaching. And why should you do so? So he teaches two points. Number one is one mitzvah brings another and one sin brings another. So this seems to say, so even though this mitzvah is not so important, why should I run to do it? Ha! Because it will bring another and another. So therefore, because of the outgrowth of it, you want to make sure to run and do it and do it with diligence because it will bring with it many other mitzvahs that may not be so light. But the second reason is the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. The Rebbe gives two interpretations, but I want to focus on one of them, bringing the, the simple meaning of it based on the Bartanura commentary, which is sort of the equivalent of Rashi when it comes to Mishnayas. And that is the meaning of reward in this context, the pleasure that you derive from doing it. Why should I do the mitzvah in a way of running, in a way of pleasure and alacrity and enjoyment? Because the reward, translation, the pleasure that you get from the mitzvah, that itself is a mitzvah. Beautiful. So, so far, so good. Comes along the Rebbe and says, I got two questions. First of all, why does he say run to do a light mitzvah? You should run to do every mitzvah. If you're trying to make them equal, it should have said run to do a light mitzvah, just like a, a, a heavy mitzvah. doesn't say that. So what it really means is run to do every mitzvah with alacrity. So it should have just said run to do a mitzvah. Why does it put in a light mitzvah? That's, that's point one. And the other thing that ever says is when you look at A and B, they should be reversed seemingly. because. A is a motivation that's beside the point. Why should I do this mitzvah? Aha, not because it is mitzvah, because it might bring me to another mitzvah. So that's indirect. It's almost like for a terior motive, almost. Do this, even though it's not so important, because it might bring to others. Whereas B is direct. Do this mitzvah with alacrity and joy, because the pleasure, the reward that you put into this mitzvah, itself is a mitzvah. So why is A before B? It should be reversed. These are the two questions. The Yukim, the two details that the Rebbe points out on this Mishnah. Again, I, A, why this thing with a light mitzvah? I underlined it. And B, the order of A and B seem to be out of place. So, to understand that the Rebbe prefaces, let's zoom back. The Rebbe says that to be sure, the same teaching, this idea of alacrity in Judaism, not just do the thing sluggish, but do it with excitement and joy, and you're excited about it, is a big deal. As the Rebbe explains, to do something with great joy, it shows bitl. It shows that you, you're not so important to yourself. You take Torah mitzvah seriously. You don't take yourself so seriously. You take God seriously. And it's a, very, it's a good level. Rambam teaches that to do mitzvahs with great joy, the language is avodah gedolah. It's a, a great service. It means also that it's an important service and it's a high level service. Person to be in a level where they're living with Torah and mitzvahs with Hashem in a way that they're excited and they're running 
That means that they have sort of put themselves aside. They're into the mitzvahs, they're into the Torah, which is a high level. It's like a person who's like in a place of, in a space of bittel, in a space of, uh, it's not about me. The Bible brings down, it says about King David, that when the ark was coming, he was dancing with abandon and to the extent that his wife, Michal, the daughter of Saul, the former king, said to him, you're cheapening yourself in front of the eyes of the, of the plain folk, like you're dancing with abandon. It doesn't seem like a king thing to do. And King David said, uh, and she said, you're making, you're embarrassing yourself. He says, no, no, no. This is the greatest honor that I have danced with abandon before Hashem, because uh, that was, that's real royalty in Judaism that it's not about him at all. And that's the level of King David. He's just about Hashem. And therefore he's dancing, he's singing. And that is uh, in a sense what we're talking about here. We want a person to be so excited about Yiddishkeit because that's his life. That's who he is. Which uh, let's assume is a level, it's a high level. Rambam calls it Avodagadol. It's a King David level. It's a big deal. So the Rebbe says this same statement we find it instructed to us three times in three different places. Twice in Pirkei Avos, in Ethics of Our Fathers, and once in the Code of Jewish Law. And they're all three on the screen. And the Rebbe analyzes them. The Rebbe analyzes them. First of all, they, they all say similar, similar things, but there are nuanced differences between them. The first one, it says, you know, run for a light mitzvah. The other one, it says, run like a deer to do the will of your creator. Doesn't say to do a mitzvah, it says to do your will of your creator. Okay, that's a nuance. I'm underlining the nuances. And the third one, it's brought in the code of law, and the Alter Rebbe brings a verse to prove it. We know in the code of Jewish law, the Alter Rebbe doesn't usually bring verses. The code of Jewish law doesn't bring sources. The Alter Rebbe's code is special, and it's one of its contributions over the general Shulchan Aruch, the general original code of the Beit Yosef, is that he gives the reasoning to laws but not necessarily sources. If you put a verse to every law, the code would be twice as long. And here he puts this verse as a source that, 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 that I know, I run to know God. Like, why does he bring that? So these are some of the nuances. And to make it simple, I, I underlined all three nuances. But the main point of this discussion says that, but let's understand why we have all three and why one of them is in the code of law, the last one, which means that's the law. That's behavior expected of everybody. Number one, that's on top of the screen. That's not found in the code of law at all. It's only found in Perkei Avot, which is the way of piety, which means it's not the law. It's not expected of everyone. It's beyond the letter of the law. And then we have number two right in the middle, which is we find it in ethics of our fathers. And at the same time, it is the opening phrase in the code of Jewish law. So it seems to be the way of pious. It's beyond the letter of the law, but somehow it makes it into the law book. What's going on here? So the Rebbe says, let's first answer this idea, this triplicate and the difference between them. And that will help us explain the, uh, the underlying points, the specifics that the Rebbe pointed out. So the Rebbe says, Item number three on your screen. This is basic, and every person is obligated to do this. It's born in the code of Jewish law. And what is that law? A person is obligated to mitzvah to run to shul or to any mitzvah. And the Alter Rebbe brings a verse: "I run to know God." So the Rebbe explains like this: 
as mentioned earlier, the level of personal change, so to speak, internal growth that brings a person to the place where they're running to a mitzvah, where they feel the bitle self-nullification, they're not important to themselves, they have abandoned, they're like King David. That's a very great level. That's not something that the code of Jewish law can dictate. Not everybody's in that level. You can't dictate emotion. You can't command me to feel joy and to feel unimportant. Right? How does the joke go? The memo came down from the company office. The whippings will continue until the morale improves. You can't command in the code of law, thou shalt be joyous and love the mitzvahs and do them with alacrity and don't care about yourself. That, that's not a law that can be expected. Laws are something that everybody can do, and they're exactly that. Tell me what to do. Says the Rebbe, that's what that is. Item number three on your screen. In English, we call it, fake it till you make it. The Alter Rebbe brings a verse because the verse is very helpful. I run to know God. Knowing God is a very high level. That God is known to me. It's like the verse says, Adam knew Eve. God becomes so real that therefore you start to uh, feel joy and you're running, you're doing mitzvahs with alacrity. But the verse says it in the reverse, I run to know God. Meaning the instruction here is a practical one. Behave as if you know God. And why so? Because behavior will ultimately, over time, slowly, 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 trigger emotion. Judaism believes that the, the heart follows behavior, and therefore we behave certain ways even if we're not on that level, because it will ultimately slowly bring us to that level. And therefore the Alter Rebbe quotes a verse, even though he normally does not, because he's explaining with that verse how such an instruction makes it into the law book. Namely, an instruction that commands you to run to do a mitzvah, do a mitzvah with alacrity. Yes, it's not commanding the heart, no, though. It's a commandment on the behavior. Do a mitzvah and behave with alacrity. Don't act sluggish, even if you feel sluggish. Do it. Behave as if you're excited. This is wonderful. This is good. Run to know God. The outgrowth of that will become das, that you'll ultimately know and connect to Hashem and feel that truth, which is a high level, perhaps but you're doing it, your instruction is a behavioral one. The Rebbe even indicates in the Sikha that uh, we find in, uh, in certain things in Jewish life that we behave to trigger emotion, even if we're not on that level. An example is the order of the prayers, says the Rebbe, that the order of the prayers are that uh, before we say the Shema, we first sing songs of praises and introductory prayers, because by the time we come to the Shema, we should feel the v'yahafta, the love of Hashem. How many people on that level that when because they said the songs of praise and they said the blessings of Shema, but they come to the Shema, they automatically feel a love for Hashem? We're lucky if we, we don't forget the, the, the meaning of the words and that we're davening. So why would we worry about that order? High-level people, yes, but the average person, and yet this becomes the halacha and the order of prayers for everybody. And the answer is, we act as if we're, we're there even if we're not there, because perhaps that will slowly bring us there. We need to be on the page, even if we're not really feeling it. We're faking it till we make it. Another plain example, which the Rebbe doesn't bring, might be the fact that we, we stand in certain positions when we pray. We come to Shimon Ashray, like a servant before the master. We stand up, our feet together. Comes to Modim, we bow. You know, the original bowing of Modim began because one of the great sages, when he came to Modim, he automatically bowed. It wasn't an action, it was a reaction. 
ha, sage has said, since this sage is bowing, because automatically that's what the Mogadim triggered, you know what, we should behave that same way, because that's really how we should feel, and maybe we will feel over time. Similarly, so that's what the Code of Jewish Law, that's a blanket rule, everybody's expected to be on that level. Then there's level two. So we're going from the bottom up. Level two is the opening phrase of the Code of Jerusalem. Run like a dare to do the will of your creator. Here we're not talking about faking till you make it. Here the Code of Jewish Law is expecting and saying that we are all capable of actually feeling the running like a dare, the lightness, the alacrity, the simcha. But Rambam says it's a very high level. Well, so the Rebbe splits the difference. It depends. To tell me that I should feel a tremendous joy in the detail of mitzvah, day-to-day -day life, every time we do a mitzvah, I should feel what a great connection to Hashem, that's a very high level. That's perhaps what Rambam calls avodagadol, it's a very high level. You have to appreciate the meaning of the mitzvah, and the detail of the mitzvah, and understand that everything you do is connected to Hashem. However, not in the detail, but in the general principle, I am a servant of Hashem and I'm able to connect to Hashem with mitzvahs. That's something that really the Code of Jewish Law expects of everybody. Now, and it's and it, even though it's an act of piety, because we're talking about emotion, this is not behavioral. However, it makes it to the Code of Jewish Law because that's a type of thing that really everybody's capable of. And the rabbi points out it's not even written in a way of an instruction like you are obligated, the way it says in number three on the screen the other law, but it's written like, almost like it's a fact. It's almost like a promise. The language is you shall be, you can be, you will be, meaning if you are a serious yid, if you want to, you are capable of feeling a general joy and a love for Hashem and an alacrity like a dare and a lightness in your general service. Rebbe quotes the Hayom Yom where he says that the modani of a Jew is always pure no matter where the Jew is holding in the details, but the more I need, the general good morning to Hashem, where I know that I'm connected and I'm part of Hashem, this is true that something that every single Jew feels and experiences, and therefore, in a similar fashion, the opening line, this is the opening line, you might say this is the more I need, this is the alapes of the code of Jewish law, that this concept, which albeit it's a pious level, it's a level of personal growth, we're all capable of. Who doesn't love the fact that we're part of Hashem's service? comes along Ben Azai in today's chapter, chapter four, and says, I'm asking of you to try something more than that, not just a general joy for the fact that you're serving Hashem in all of Judaism, but you should find that joy, that alacrity, that excitement. Rebbe uses the word excitement without limitation, bleak volt, in every mitzvah, and not just because that mitzvah is part of the big picture of service of Hashem, but because of the nuanced specifics of that mitzvah, every single mitzvah should drive you crazy. Wow, this is unbelievable. Tefillin, unbelievable. Shabbos, unbelievable. Hanukkah, unbelievable. Every mitzvah as an individuality with all of its details should be enough to, to bring a person to tremendous simcha, which clearly this is a big level. This is perhaps what Ramam is referring to, avodah gedola. It's something that Benazai expects of us because he was the type of person, as the Rebbe says, who lived on that level where where he was just so excited about Hashem. It says he never married, he didn't have children. He lived in a different place. He was one who tried to escape to the Pardes, to the other side and see where Hashem looks like. The famous Talmudic story of the four sages who got a glimpse uh, of the Pardes, of God's garden, 
I'm not sure how it's done, maybe through intellectual pursuit. And uh, and three out of the four didn't survive the experience. Rabbi Akiva was the only one who survived it. One became a heretic, one died, one uh, lost their mind. I believe when Aze was the, was the one who died. But you see a little bit like Nadam and Aviyu. That's why he didn't get married, which is similar to another one of you. He was just so in love with Hashem. So even though we don't follow that direction, but the lesson is still there. That Benazai teaches us that really, in truth, we should find the infinity, the uh, an endless amount of joy in every single aspect of life, in every single nuance of Judaism, not just the big picture. Wow, it's great to be in relationship to Hashem. Every single mitzvah, it seems like a small detail. That detail can blow your mind, says Benazai. And that's how his statement, number one on the screen is a contribution over number two, and a, certainly a contribution over number three, because two and three are expected of everyone. One is an extra. It's not even brought in the Code of Jewish Law at all. It's only the way of the pious. And with this, we explain all the nuances. Why does Ben Azai emphasize run for a light mitzvah. He means to say, to point out, run for the specifics of the mitzvah. Run with alacrity and excitement and love and joy in an infinite way for the mitzvah, for the specific detail of its message and of its energy. So for example, if it's a light mitzvah, if it's a heavy mitzvah, you understand? He's saying, run for the mitzvahs, for the mitzvah and be excited about it, including in the specifics of the mitzvah, and therefore he qualifies the mitzvah by giving it, um, you know, giving it a, 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 a score to underscore, pardon the pun, that even that level of relationship is what brings a person to excitement according to Benazay's expectation. So that explains that nuance. Whereas in two, uh, it doesn't say to do a mitzvah. Notice by one and three, it speaks of a mitzvah. Two just speaks about to do the will of your creator. It's clearly different. Because here it's speaking about, like I said before, the general commitment as totally as opposed to the mitzvah and the light mitzvah and this mitzvah. No, the general will of all mitzvahs. And number three, we explain the nuance that the Alta Rebbe breaks from his custom and does bring a verse to prove a halacha because that verse is very instructive. As I said before, fake it till you make it. I run to know God, which means I act with alacrity and simcha, which before, as if I know God, as if I'm on that level, perhaps that helps me to get closer to that actual level. Finally, once we come to this point, we're able to explain and answer what the Rebbe said, why A becomes before B. On a simple level, B should come before A. Because as I said before, B is a direct result of the mitzvah, A is just an outgrowth that it'll bring you to another mitzvah. The Rebbe says that when we're looking at this Mishnah in the light of what we just said in a deeper level, that Panaza is saying, I want you to find connection to Hashem in every single mitzvah. And with the details. So, Because Benazai, as mentioned, is like Nadav Benaviyu, and the way Orachaim explains, uh, as quoted in the Sikha, Benadav Benaviyu, that they they were at a very high level and they felt the sweetness and the closeness to Hashem. And Benazai was similar. 
I said before, he was one of the four people who went to the uh, the Garden of Hashem and, and never came back. In an infinite way, the, the, the sweetness of Hashem. Yeah, he died. I'm sorry, he died. He was one of the, he was the one who died. So what does it mean? He's teaching us to find sweetness. What's so sweet about a mitzvah? Not just what's so sweet about a connection to Hashem that we can understand, but what's so sweet about a shaking a lulav? I don't, I don't, I don't feel the sweetness. What's so sweet about lighting a Shabbos candle? What's so sweet about putting a quarter into a pushka? To find the sweetness in every single mitzvah. So here, Ben Azay helps us, and that's going to be the A and the B. Every mitzvah is kirvas alekim. It's a closeness to God. There's two verses. There's two phrases. Kibbas alekim tov. Closeness to God is good. And then there's kibbas alekim litov. Closeness to God is good for me. The first is a higher level. I'm not thinking about me. I want to be close to God. The second one is it's good for me. It's, it, it, it pays. Litov. That's the one that's brought in, in Psalms. Says the Rebbe, that's the A and the B. Ben is trying to inspire us to um, to have this concept of feeling this sweetness and the delight to a point of infinite delight in every single mitzvah. Because why? Because closest to God is good. That's the first one. And that would be the A. Translation, a mitzvah brings a mitzvah. So the Rebbe says on this level, he's translating it, that the mitzvah brings you to a connection. Because the word mitzvah in Aramaic means connection. A mitzvah brings a connection. And that's the A, that's the higher level. Closest to God is good. Not good for me, it's just good. It's good in truth. And that's why it comes first, it's a higher level. And then the second one is, and you should know, closest to God, a mitzvah is good for me. And for this, we say the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah that, um, that uh, there is a reward uh, of, of, of the reward of the mitzvah is the mitzvah, which means that the connection to God, which you get through doing a mitzvah, is rewarding. It will feel sweet. It will be rewarding for yourself too. It's not just good because it's the truth. That's the first level. But the B is that it also is sweet. There's nothing sweeter than having a real connection to Hashem, and that's why it's in this order. I thought about a takeaway, which isn't a clear takeaway. You know, the Rebbe didn't promote uh, the behavior of Benazai to live in another world, to run away from the world. The Rebbe, the Jewish way, the Torah way is the way of Rabbi Akiva. Not to follow Nadav and Abiyu and Benazai was supposed to have families and be married and live in the world. And here the Rebbe is quoting, and obviously it's brought down, uh, the teaching of Benazai and this idea that in every single mitzvah he finds this inspiration. So to me, it reminds me a little bit of... Uh, the Rebbe's Sicha, the famous Sicha of Chavchas Nisam, where the Rebbe says, how are we going to prepare the world for Mashiach? By bringing Oides the Toyo Bekeil the Tikkun, bringing the infinite light of the world of Toyo of chaos into the vessels of Tikkun of normalcy. Meaning to say, the Rebbe is leading us to Mashiach. What is Mashiach? That Hashem is seen in the world and not in a limited fashion, but in the level of the lights of Toyo. It's total infinity. And yet, the beauty of the time of Mashiach that that total infinity will integrate in nature and, and the world won't have to expire in order to, to, to feel it and to experience it. And that's the ultimate closest of Hashem in the world, that we have Hashem with its full glory and we have the world with its full glory. Translate that in a day-to-day -day service 
if that's the goal, getting ready for Mashiach, do a mitzvah and feel such a sweetness with an infinite joy, with a tremendous joy. And not just because you're doing a mitzvah and you're connecting to Hashem, which is, everyone understands is fantastic, but you're finding that connection in the details. You're finding infinity in finitude. You're doing the details of mitzvah, you're shaking your lulav like this, like that, and you, I guess through study of Hasidus and understanding the meaning and or contemplating on it, you're finding infinite meaning and infinite joy and excitement even in the finite nuances of life and of Torah and mitzvahs. And that is very much in line with the Rebbe and Hasidism.